tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 56. Well, I always love learning new approaches to studying the Bible, especially when those techniques take me deeper into the Word, looking at the original language, even researching the context. Now, I know that that can sound overwhelming, but listen, Christy Cambron has a new verse mapping technique that really simplifies it, and there's actually a Bible to go along with it. So be sure to listen to all of these wonderful tips that Christy shares, because the Bible has not only come alive in her study, it's come alive in her heart, and that's what matters most. Welcome to the living room, Christy Cambron. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Hi, thanks for having me. I've been excited to come and visit. Yeah, yeah. You know, your uh, your name came across my desk and and I thought, I know that name. And then I realized, oh, she's all over the place in my Kindle. You are a, just a <laughs> prolific fiction author and I love, I love your writing. But it was so exciting to see that you're not only a fiction girl, you have a deep, deep love for the word. And I am so excited to talk to you about verse mapping and the new Bible, study Bible that's come out from Zondervan. And will you tell us, how did you even get started in verse mapping? How did a fiction author <laughs> decide that she's, she's not only just a Jesus girl, but she's a word girl? Oh, I love that question. It has a very long answer. <laughs> it does. Fortunate we are that we are on a podcast conversation and we can talk through some of that. But I would say, and I'm, I'm asked this often, I would say it has more to do with the space of ministry that God calls you to as a storyteller versus being a fiction author or a nonfiction author or any number of things that you can do. The, the Lord has called me to this space of ministry from where art and history and faith intersect. So that can look like a lot of things, right? It can look like historical fiction and it has, I'm working on my eighth, ninth and 10th novels. So it looks like that, but also just this great love of stories and storytelling. And that for me has bridged across to nonfiction and to verse mapping. And some of what I did in college, um, I went to art school. So I'm an art girl, um, not really good in the drawing, painting, not that kind of art, like art research and research writing. So that's my background. And it's just this love of, like I said, art and history and faith kind of coming together and the Lord saying, okay, I want you to start telling the stories that I want you to tell and just stepping up, kind of stepping out, if you will, into that. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, verse mapping, I, there's a lot that are listening today that maybe have no idea what that is. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. And the background for me for verse mapping, there was this journey that our family, we've really been on this road for about seven to eight years now. And I started in corporate America. So I was a corporate trainer in healthcare of all things. <laughs> that is, healthcare is, is a little far away from ministry and what you think like writing for ministry. But I started there and the Lord began to impress upon my heart that he wanted me, like I said, to, to begin telling the stories he wanted me to tell. And so it felt like a thumb, you know, Joanna, that's like the, the mm -hmm. best way that I can describe it, like a thumb of just a little bit of pressure and then a little bit of more, and then a little bit more pressure. And that was about three to four years. You know, my husband and I are praying 
And it wasn't until I graduated with my undergrad degree, which I was a non-traditional adult student, and it took me 13 years <laughs> to get my degree. <laughs> so paid cash, you know, every semester went and paid cash because we didn't want any school debt. I was working in corporate America. We had three babies. I mean, it was, it was all these points intersecting. And when God really impressed upon my heart, no, I don't want you to take your path, which was, I was going to be an art history professor. Like that, like that was the plan. Go get a doctorate and teach at the collegiate level. That was my plan. But God turned that on end and said, nope, I want you to go for publication. And I, I don't know if you have a lot of aspiring authors who are listening or, or dream chasers or Jesus chasers who are like, I know God has called me to a purpose. But he called he called me to a purpose <laughs> to, to step out and to write uh, started in fiction. So I know we talked about that a little bit. I started in fiction when I'm from small town, southern Indiana, friend, and I got B's in English. And you know, I, I knew nothing about writing or publishing or anything, but just stepped into that. And it wasn't until uh, we had a couple of years of rejections. So I have a big heart for those of you who are on this road to publication but a couple of years of rejections. And when we finally got a yes, we had all these intersection points, right? So I finally got a yes on my first fiction contract. An hour later, I got a call from my dad and he said, this could be bad. I may have leukemia. And so mm -hmm. our family, yeah. So we went on this five month journey of editing my first novel at the local cancer center while he would have his chemo infusions and a gentle goodbye for now. So he is with the Lord. But mm -hmm. here's where, here's where verse mapping came out of all of that. Uh, my dad was saved and baptized at 60 years old. And he had two short years with Jesus before he went wow. to go with him face to face. And after he passed away, we had three Bibles. And, and I've talked about this on podcast because it's our family story. And it, it's kind of funny, right? We had three Bibles. One was the one that my mom bought him when they were dating, you know, so it's like late 70s, burgundy, leather cover, gold pages, like all that. <laughs> like you can picture this Bible. And it was not really used very much in all the years of their marriage. And then we had two other Bibles, one for my sister and one for me. And the one that I received, um, I picked it out because it was Nelson, Nelson Study Bible, and that's my publishing family. So I said, okay, I, I want that one. But I had no idea, Joanna, what was in the pages of this Bible, highlighter marks everywhere mm -hmm. of this breadcrumb journey, if you will, of my dad's time that he spent in those two years with Jesus. So once I left corporate America, you know, got brave, my husband and I, we prayed about it for three to four years and said, okay, the Lord's calling me to this and we're going to step out. We have no idea what this journey looks like. I did the one thing I'd always wanted to do, but had never had the time to do. And that was to join women's Bible study in community at our church. And I took that Bible and here are the two things. Here's where verse mapping comes in because the two things that I realized very quickly I hear all the time from women who are interested in verse mapping, they want more time in the word. Here are the two things. The first one is I didn't understand the Bible, right? Like I could get something, yeah. I could get a verse on Pinterest or Facebook or Instagram, but I didn't really understand scripture. And that for me, there was some confidence um, that I didn't have. And the second thing was I wasn't choosing the Bible over other things. I would not choose to spend time in the word over Netflix or, you know, over right. some other things, some good things. And I wanted to write those two issues. And so I prayed with that Bible, walked in Bible study and I prayed, okay, Lord, I want this Bible to be well-traveled. And I didn't mean book signings and traveling around and speak. I meant well-traveled in here. And I'm pointing at my heart, well-traveled in me. And that was where a friend said from corporate America said, Hey, you know, I've heard this thing called verse mapping. 
why don't you give it a try? And I did what we all do, right? I Googled it. <laughs> yeah. So I'd never heard of it, anything like that, um, inductive Bible study. And I'm an art girl. So everything visual popped up, right? I'm looking at all these images of Bible art and journaling and how artistic you can be and like spider maps and almost like a, if you remember from English class you, where you would do the, the sentence diagramming, it was like that. And I thought, okay, well, this is great. And all those study methods seem to be working for people, but I've got to find something that works for me, that gets it where I'm at with the Lord. And that's where I started verse mapping. I told you, long, long story, but there it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there's a lot of different approaches, but you kind of just boiled it down to a five-step approach. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we did. It, and for me, it was really important to kind of go with what I knew. And I'd spent 15 years in corporate America designing curriculum, designing training material and writing. And, and I'm asked all the time, well, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? I kind of was, you know, I learned on the technical side first before I got to creative writing, but it's really rooted in curriculum design principles. And so for me, I thought, all right, I'm not choosing the Bible, right? Like that was a problem. And I thought, okay, if the Bibles are oxygen, it's alive, it's living and breathing. This is my field manual for living. I have to be able to find some teaching material in there. And so I thought well, I should be able to go verse by verse and kind of go in the back door and find the teaching structure, like find that structure that I would teach from. And and in that way, I'm going to be able to understand it. So for me, it was just breaking down the verse. The first step is just select your verse. So you select your verse, you write it down, and that's in whatever translation you prefer. Our Bibles that we have, the verse mapping Bibles are NIV, but here's what I love about it. You select your verse. And the second process is to look at the design of that verse. What is that verse really saying across multiple translations? And here's where if your favorite is the NASB or you like the paraphrase of the message or you just love the NIV, you're going to look at those translations right up next to each other. And you're going to write those down, multiple translations, three, four, five, whatever you prefer. Now, I'm a wordy girl, so I always want to jump to, all right, pick out those words or phrases that are used over and over, or pick out something that makes you curious. You know, you, you see something, you don't know what it is, or you see something that's maybe in the past tense across multiple translations, and then you get to one and, wait a minute, it's in the present tense, and that denotes an action that's ongoing. You know, So look at the translation. So step one, write your verse. Step two is the design, write it down in multiple translations. Step three is where you you fully develop the context of that verse. So some of those words and phrases that just really stuck out to you, you're going to do word studies and look those up in the Hebrew and the Greek. Now, I usually like to pause here because initially I heard Hebrew and Greek even to myself and thought, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't speak or read Hebrew and Greek. But fortunately for this process of verse mapping, we live in an age where we have all of these tools for technology. So there is, there's Bible Gateway, there's Bible Hub, there's the Blue Letter Bible, there are all of these apps, the Olive Tree app, there are all of these resources, or you can go old school and you can have a phone book, if anyone knows what a phone book is <laughs> anymore, <laughs> you can have an actual phone book sized concordance and you can go through and you can look this up. But we have all the tools to do that. So that's the third step. You develop the context of what is the, the root meaning of this verse? Now, the fourth step for me is, and I've joked about this before, if you can choose a favorite child, <laughs> the fourth step is my favorite. It's my favorite out of the process because this is the action. This is where you take that verse and you are really kind of stepping into the shoes of not just a researcher, 
but a storyteller. So what's happening in this verse on stage and off stage? And what I mean by that is what's happening on stage right there in the text of your verse. And then what's happening off stage and the verses and the chapters and the books before and after. So what's the story? And I've had people ask me before, well, I, I don't really know what direction to go. I don't know what to write down. I love to describe the step of think of your favorite movie. So everyone who's listening, think of your favorite movie. What is that movie that really drew you in? And why did it draw you in enough that it's your favorite? Was it really compelling characters? Was it a really interesting plot? Was it cinematography or beautiful music? Or was it all of those things? What brought you so close that you stepped into that story and it really came alive to you? That's what you're trying to nail down here. So example, if you're looking at something in the book of Acts and imagine what would it have looked like? or sounded like, or smelled like to have lived in a first century Roman world. You're really trying to understand from a researcher's perspective what this context of this text really means. And the fifth step, here's my favorite one, because we can have all this knowledge and we can learn all these things about the Bible, but if we're not putting it into practice, if we're not applying it in our life, all of that knowledge is wasted. So the fifth step yeah. is the outcome. Should be super simple. You should be able to jot down your outcome. This is what the Holy Spirit taught me today and how I plan to use it. You should be able to write that down on a post-it note. <laughs> Literally, my journals have post-it notes and here's my outcome. Boom, boom, just a couple of things. And that's verse mapping. So we just took you through the five steps, the verse, the looking at the design, looking at the development, the actions and the outcome. Five simple steps that you can do for any verse and every verse in the Bible. Oh, that's beautiful. And so this new Bible that you have developed with Thomas Nelson actually has space for you to do that in, in the Bible itself? Yeah, we were really intentional about that and kind of using that inspiration of my dad's Bible, which, you know, we're, we're chatting here so everybody can't see it, but I'm holding my dad's Bible here and kind of going back to the inspiration of me having the legacy of that breadcrumb trail, if you will, of his last two years with Jesus. We wanted there to be a record, a mapping of your faith walk, your journey with the Lord. So these Bibles, we were very intentional with how we designed them. They have 350 maps throughout all 66 books of the Bible. And I tear up a little bit when I, when I say this, because many of the verses that we chose were those verses that my dad had highlighted in the last two wow. years. Um, now, he did. He didn't love Leviticus, so, <laughs> so we had to choose some verses there. Big surprise, big surprise. But um, but it was important that we, two things, we wanted there to be, again, this tracking of the journey right there in the Bible. So you literally have blank maps, and we've completed the first three steps for you. So again, don't let that Hebrew or Greek scare you. We've helped you out with that. But also, the second thing that was really important to us was for the adult versions and for the versions for girls ages 8 to 12, we wanted the maps to be the same so families can map together. That was our heart. That is so cool. So you're kind of, you're really kind of priming it for us. You're kind of helping us rather than going to the word and trying to figure out what we're going to verse map. You're, you're picking out those really meaningful verses. And I love that you're do, you have a girl's uh, version as well, because, oh my goodness, you know, I was 28 years old. I was a pastor's wife. Before, just like you're talking about, I actually fell in love with the Word of God myself. Before I came up, was taught a method that really made the Bible come alive. So talk to me about the girls, how you intend those to work together. 
We love that perspective. Now, here's the inspiration originally for verse mapping. For me, it was just time with Jesus. You know, I never had any intention of this is going to become Bible studies because we have verse mapping Luke and verse mapping Acts that are already out. And then I never had an intention to have Bibles. It was just the inspiration was time with Jesus. And, And I would think about those early days of stepping into women's Bible study and just really had a heart for kind of this visual of the 80-year-old sister who's walked with Jesus for a lot of years and she has all of this knowledge and experience and elbow to elbow with the 18-year-old sister. You know, mm-hmm. She may be new to Jesus and the 80-year-old sister is going to impart all of this wisdom and the journey that she's walked with the Lord. And then the 18-year-old is going to help her set up her Instagram account. Like, like That for me was, was the hope with this that you would, for families and for girls, you would start young, that you would begin to cultivate not just okay, this is a story that you learned in Sunday school. Cause that's kind of what it was for me. It was, I learned, you know, Noah's Ark or different things in Sunday school. But for me, it, I didn't have this great love of scripture. And that's what we want more than just jumping into the stories, actually having an experience with some of the people that you trust the most, you know, your parents, your guardians, your coaches, your ministry leaders, those people, those women in your life for these girls that will help them along the way and have this love of scripture stick with them throughout every season of their life. So that was the hope and the inspiration behind doing it that way. I love that. I love that. You know, for me, I I hear as a pastor's wife and a Bible study leader, I hear women say, I just don't know the Bible like I should. And there is this feeling, even though we've been in, in church, even though we've been in Sunday school, I think that there, when we begin to approach the Word of God in our own walk with Him, that's when it comes alive. I, I know for me, you know, really not just reading scripture and checking it off my to-do list, but really going to the word and expecting God to speak really has transformed my life. And I, I have come to believe that when we begin that process, there I feel like there's almost an exponential, <laughs> a growth spurt, you know? Yeah. It's like our spiritual vocabulary expands to where we begin to see how scripture relates to scripture. You know, we're not just taking it individually, but it's like precept upon precept, line upon line. It is building a spiritual library in our soul that we may not even be aware of. And I would say, especially to those girls who have been in church for a long time and still feel like, oh, I don't know the word like I should. I really believe that there's more in us than we know. And as we yeah. begin to do this discipl- discipline, and I noticed one spot was like how how you can bring in other scriptures that maybe relate to this scripture as as you're kind of studying. That's where it's gotten exciting for me because I'm not, I'm rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm not just cherry picking scripture. (laughs) I'm I'm seeing the whole story of God. How has, how has this approach helped you see the big story of God? I think sometimes it has to do with breaking down exactly what you just said, stepping into a study group or stepping into an environment where we immediately think, oh, I should know more than I do. You, we got to break that down. And, and that was hard for me to do because I have the tendency to, I'm an introvert, right? So I have the tendency to want to retreat, want to kind of back up, want to let other people speak and talk. And, and it was hard for me to say, 
you know what? I need to just break that down. And when I step into a group, if I want to experience the full story of scripture, I have to be able to knock down those pride walls and say, I don't get it. Or, <laughs> or I have a question, or does anyone know this answer? And we have done that before where I would lead some, some of the verse mapping, like live groups. And this, this is incredible, but we would walk into a classroom and it's actually better if you have kind of a smaller between 25, kind of 55 number, number of people in the class. And we would have empty dry erase boards and just a marker in the hand. And all of us had our Bibles and our notebooks and we would just say, okay, Here's our verse. And we're going to go through these five steps of verse mapping. But here's the thing. We had to check ourselves at the door and say, if I don't understand something, I'm going to pop up my hand because I guarantee you someone in the room knows the answer. And I have to knock down that pride. Well, like we had a lady who she was so brave and bold and, and said, you know what? I always thought John the Baptist was the same as John, <laughs> the disciple. Right. And like, right. like and, that, and, and I was like, I just wanted to, I think I did hug her. I wanted to hug her and say, you are so brave. Like, yes, this is exactly what we need right here. If we don't need, if we don't understand something that will help us to get at the root, the entire story of scripture, because if you understand a story, now this can be reading fiction, writing fiction, or nonfiction, the Bible, which is true. If you can understand a story looking through the lens with which it was created, not 2021 lens, you've got to look at it from that context with which it was created, then and only then can you apply it to your life today. So it's like you have to shed the 2021 lens. We'll get to that in the outcome. But first, we have to put on that lens, kind of like you said, to buy the word of truth. Like we've put on that lens of truth with specifically how this context applies to how it was written. And that's how you get at the whole story of scripture. I love that. Well, hey, you guys, you can go to versemapping.com and you can see a lot of the resources. There's a beautiful instructional um, video that Christy has done as well as they can sign up for a PDF of a verse mapping page, which I think is so wonderful. It's like just kind of to whet your appetite for how you might use this study approach to really get into the word of God. I especially love that you, you let us sort of focus on one scripture at a time, because mm -hmm. I think sometimes we try to ingest so much, you know, for me, it wasn't until I slowed down my Bible reading that the Bible really got through to me, you know, and it was yeah. like really letting myself kind of live in a verse, really think about a verse, explore a verse. That's made the Bible come alive to me in such a powerful way. What other methods have really helped you that you've learned through this first mapping technique? One of the things that really uh, was impressed upon my heart, and I didn't realize it was happening, was that verse mapping was retraining my mind to think like a researcher. Now, I, I'm a history nerd. You know, I'll be the first one to say it. You know, <laughs> I love research. It's probably my favorite part of the entire writing process is all the research, all the learning, all the curiosity that you have on the front end. But I remember there was one time when my husband and sons and I, we had actually gone to Ireland um, to research for one of my novels. And we were sitting in the airport on the way home. And, uh, you know, I've got all boys, three boys and a husband. So we were, we were watching football, but I was reading scripture on my Bible now or on my phone. And I did not have my journal. I didn't have Sharpie markers. I did not have that concordance phone book, you know, in my carry on. Mm -hmm. I was just reading scripture on my phone. And I realized my mind, as I was reading verse after verse, my mind was ticking through this process of 
the five steps of verse mapping. And for me, that was eye-opening because I realized I have about five minutes here. I'm sitting in a busy airport terminal and truth is getting in because my mind is automatically going through this process and I'm reading scripture in a different way. That for me was big to realize that it will retrain our minds to think that way, to think like a researcher. And so then curiosity just takes over. And if there's something you don't know or you don't understand, instead of just abandoning that and saying, ah, scripture's hard, I can't get it, or I'm going to move on to something that's easier, (laughs) you know, I'm going to move on to something else, you will actually stop and you will actually find, wow, I want to know that answer and you will seek it out. That's awesome. So real quick, could you just briefly go over those five steps again? Yeah, absolutely. So the first is to select your verse. So you want to choose a verse, write it out. The second step is the design. So you're going to compare that verse in two or three biblical translations, and you're going to underline those key words that are kind of the same or for you that stick out across the translations. Step number three is to fully develop the context of that verse. So you're going to research the Hebrew or the Greek or the underlined words or those words that stuck out to you. You're going to record that. Step number four is the actions. Again, that's where the story really comes to life. So imagine what it would have been like if you would experience what's happening in this verse. And then step number five, this is where you have this life application, right? You take all that knowledge and say, what is God saying to me? This is how I'm going to apply it to my life today. Those are the five steps. Awesome. One of the things I appreciated in your um, instructional video was you said the very first step is prayer. It's prayer. Talk to us about why that's so important. One of the things that we talk about often in our verse mapping community, and I've even kind of made it a verb, (laughs) is to say, we are going to Psalm 139 this thing. And if you have never read Psalm 139, now if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. But if you are listening and you've never read Psalm 139, I would love to encourage you to pause right now and go read Psalm 139 because it is a virtual love letter from God to each one of us talking very specifically about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made and how unique we are to God, how could we imagine studying or worshiping or having a relationship with him in the exact same way as someone else? Yes, there are a lot of things that are similar because there are promises and there's truth in scripture, but also just focusing on that time, preparing your heart to meet with him. I may do that differently than you than anyone else who's listening. You know, I can't carry a tune, you know, so I'm probably not going to be singing a whole lot, but that time of communion of just inviting the Lord in. And it's the same thing that I've heard other creatives say that they do. It's the same thing I do before I even sit down and put my fingers on my keyboard to write something. I invite the Lord in. This is his time. This is his time to guide me, to be my teacher, to be that, that creative author, if you will, that's right there with me. I mean, he's the one who's really steering this ship. And so I love that we have the opportunity to connect with him through the word. But if he's not there, how can we do that? Right. So it's always pray, invite him in, have that time of worship and communion first before you say, OK, let's get down to brass tacks and let's do the work and see what you're going to give me. It's always that prayer and that invitation and that worship first. I've heard it said before, and I love how this is put, that Jesus is a gentleman. <laughs> you know, like he he's fierce. He is fierce, but he's also a gentleman. And so he is not going to just push his way into a relationship with us. It, it is just inviting him into our lives and to be the, the savior and the leader of our lives. And so I, I definitely have seen, have experienced, and would encourage that prayer and that worship time always comes first. 
Amen. Amen. I love Psalms 119, 18 that says, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law and in your word. And I, you know, I think that's one of the things we can pray. I also love Ephesians 117 that says spirit of wisdom and revelation that he's given to us to help us know Jesus better. And so I even pray that spirit of wisdom and revelation, show me what you would say to me today. Because sometimes to be honest, I can get in my researcher mode. I can get in my student mode and I can, I can plow through stuff, but I want it to be made alive by the spirit because he knows, he knows what I need better than I do. And so one of the things that you said, I think is so important to bring out is there's, you know, I think one of the things that paralyzes women is just, we're so afraid of doing it wrong. Mm, yes. And really just un- when we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us, then trusting that he's going to, and that what he shows you may not be like anybody else's. I love that because he is that individual God. And just as unique as we are, he meets us in unique ways. So thank you so much for saying that. What would you say to that girl who says, oh, it just seems too complicated? It seems like, oh, I've tried that before. You know, all of those things that we bring um, as excuses, and some of them feel very valid. Some of them are like, I have no time to try to discover what the Greek and the Hebrew say. Christy, <laughs> where can we start? It, it's so true. It just really is. And to the sister who's thinking all those things, or you know, maybe saying them loud while you're listening to this podcast, I am right there next to you. I said all of those things. I literally stared into the face of the clock and said, I have five minutes before my kids wake up, five minutes to do this thing. And here's what I would say. Don't be afraid to start small. The yeah. first The first maps that I have in my notebooks, the journals that I have from years back, there's a lot of blank space on the page. And so here's the goal. The goal is not to have a completed map in an hour or two hours or whatever time frame you put on it. The goal is to walk away with one thing. If you walk away with one prayer, one promise in scripture that is proven to be true, one experience with Jesus, one thing that you learned that you can put into practice in your life, in your sphere of influence, in your walk with him, one thing, one thing that you walk away with, you will find that that five minutes that you had before your kids woke up in the morning, it will turn to, I'm setting the alarm and I'm waking up 15 minutes and then it's 45 minutes early and then it's an hour. And then it's what happened to me one Easter and I verse map for two or three hours and we were late to church and I walked in with wet hair. We had to explain to pastor, I'm so sorry, sorry, I was verse mapping. And it's, it's a lame excuse, but you will find that God multiplies that time as he multiplies your heart and he begins yeah. to, that, that expands for you. So all I would say is do not be afraid to start small. I totally agree. I totally agree. One of the uh, fun things that I've done with groups of women, because I think that's our biggest objection. I don't have time. Yeah. I teach a real simple approach to scripture that it, that kind of is like that, where we we just read until the the Holy Spirit speaks. And then we stop there and we really think it through. And I can't tell you, some, sometimes it's as short as five to seven minutes Mm. I, I just have them do this exercise and then I have a few of them share. And it's just remarkable what the Holy Spirit speaks to their hearts. And I think the enemy of our soul wants to make the Bible seem so 
overwhelming. We yeah. have no idea to where to begin. We don't know how to approach it. We know we're supposed to, but we don't know how to. And and I just, I agree. I, I often say, I think it's an old Quaker saying that says, start small, but begin. Start small, Beautiful. but begin. Because our, our spiritual appetite only, we only discover it when we start eating. It's different than yeah. natural hunger. And so as we begin to partake, I totally agree. My, my desire, my appetite, my craving for the word of God, it, it really does increase. So I love this, this new approach. And so um, one of the things I'd, let me go back real quick. So you've got the, you've got individual book studies that like groups can learn this method by going through these studies. Can you talk about that more? We do. We have two studies. We have verse mapping Luke and verse mapping Acts, and they are already out. So they can be individual study or they can be groups, whichever you'd prefer. We have the seven Bibles, seven editions of the Bibles that are coming out. So we're, or they're out now. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then we also have a verse mapping Bible study journal, which is if you want to start with a book of the Bible, or you want to start thematic, or your group is like, hey, we want to look at all of the I am statements, right? That Jesus made something like that. Then you can take all of these blank maps. And you can go on your own journey through scripture. So for us, it was important that we, I mean, we started with verse mapping Luke and Acts. And then we said, wow, we're getting a lot of requests for a journal. Like there are a lot of women who are like, I want this tool. I want, I want it right there in my Bible. I want these tools to be able to map scripture. And you asked me the question, can you tell me a little bit more about verse mapping Luke and Acts? Yeah, it goes through the process of verse mapping, but this was big for my heart and for my family to actually do nonfiction. Cause up to that point, I had been writing fiction and a, a fiction author will probably tell you if the Lord is working on something in our hearts, you can layer that in a character and no one will ever know, right? Like unless, <laughs> and, unless I tell them I was struggling in that area, unless I'm open about it. And most of the time we're, we're a little aloof <laughs> with that, but I can hide that. There's nowhere to hide when you are talking about the story of scripture and how it impacts your life. And so it was the first time we, in these studies, we got really, really authentic and vulnerable. And I did talk about that journey, my journey with scripture, my journey from walking away from a corporate career and stepping into the great unknown and what that was like at the same time, my dad's journey and his journey with the Lord and this Bible. And so we have all of those kind of family stories of what verse mapping meant to us, but it was the first time that we got real with it in a very public way. So my heart would be that everyone would experience scripture, whether you do verse mapping Luke and Acts or something else, but you would experience it again in that Psalm 139 kind of way, that unique walk that you have with Jesus. Mm, that's so beautiful. Well, you have a, a new book coming out, a new fiction book coming out I as do. well. Can you tell us about it? Yes. And I, I love when I'm asked about that because people will say, well, wait a minute, how do you, what bridges fiction and nonfiction? And again, it's the storytelling. It's the stories. It's that space where art and history and faith come together. And this book is called The Paris Dressmaker. And so for you ladies who love Parisian fashion and Coco Chanel and all of that, it's got all of that fashion and fine art, but it's set during World War II. 
during the Nazi occupation of Paris from 1940 to 1944. And it's the journey of two women and how in very unpredictable circumstances, right? World War II, extremely heartbreaking circumstances, how they would cling to faith and how sometimes the choices that we have and the decisions that we have to make, the outcomes are never assured. And it's the journey of these two women through those war years and how faith was really the glue that helped keep them and their families together. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. I know. I, I've just so appreciated, as I've mentioned before, your writing and and just the richness and the beauty. But also, I just appreciate that that spiritual depth to it as well. Do you have you found that that you your own walk with the Lord? You mentioned that yes, your your struggles sometimes make it into the <laughs> books, but also some of the spiritual truths that you've discovered. Have you seen those interweave into your into your fiction? Yes, but I will tell you that the experience of writing a novel, at least for me, the faith thread is different in every novel. So mm. I always approach, okay, Lord, we're gonna we're do, gonna do this again. You know, I I always kind of wonder, do I even have it in me to write another novel? And it's never me. It's never me. It's always you have to go at it with him. My first couple of novels were actually about the art of Auschwitz and the women's orchestra of Auschwitz and the, the art of the Holocaust. And for me, there was just no other place that God could be in those stories than just boom, right here in front of your face, front and center. Like there has to be light and hope that arise out of these really dark places in our history. And that's really what all of my novels have. I really love to see just this the spotlight on Christ and his his redemption and his hope for every life out of these dark places in history. But then I, I've written a couple of other novels where the faith thread was more of an undercurrent, you know? And, it, and so it, it's just wherever the Lord tells me and uh, the Paris dressmaker, we do get back to a little bit of a deeper faith thread because again, there's the impact of the Holocaust. It's a little different because it's in France, but still I just felt like in times of war, and especially when there's war made upon innocence and war made upon children and you know things like that. When you're writing these really tough, kind of gritty spaces in our history, you have to have the redemption of God there. So yeah, my my own personal walk with the Lord, there are things that pop up in the stories, but the faith thread in every novel, it's a little it's on a different wavelength, depending upon where he tells me it needs to be. That makes sense. You know, one of the things that I had just mentioned to you before we got on is just uh, every once in a while, I just feel like the Lord prompts me to ask someone, what is God talking to you about lately? And I, I'd love to hear, you know, we are recording this in January of 2021 and still in the middle of some real wild times. And I think more than ever, we need our personal walk with him. What is he speaking to your heart lately? The same thing that the Lord had impressed upon my heart in what for our family was a very tough 2020. I'm sure it was for a lot of people, but what he impressed upon my heart in 2020 is really the same uh, thing so far in 2021. And that is that I want to obey. I want to mm. obey him. And there's a lot wrapped up in that because when you say, I'll obey what you tell me, then you're trusting he's going to tell you something. <laughs> you know, you're, you're trusting that, that he's going to reveal himself to you. And normally I have wonderful friends who, you know, they'll ask, how can I be praying for you? And normally I would give this laundry list of, okay, I got this. And, you know, my, my, one of my sons is dealing with it, you know, and I would give this long list. And for me, 2020, 
even before the pandemic, uh, I haven't talked about a whole lot of what our family went through publicly, and I'm not even sure I'm there yet. But I will say, I will say that 2020 revealed some cracks in the foundation of my faith, uh, in some areas of my hope and some areas of what I felt God wanted for my and our futures. And I really had to get real with him and just boil it down to, Lord, please help my unbelief. Please help my inability to trust you. Please help me obey. And that's what 2021 is. I just want that prayer, Lord, because so much wraps up in it. Just help me obey. That's it. That's it. Well, and with so many competing voices, so many competing emotions, mm-hmm. you know, I've just, just even this morning, I'm like, Lord, show me my heart. Show me those places that need your light. And and exactly that. I really have, I think, come to that place where I only want to do what he wants me to do because anything else is just spinning wheels. And I, I don't want to get distracted by the peripherals. I really, really want to see him in the middle of it all <laughs> and discern what he wants. So I love that. Trust and obey. Yep. You know, it's simple. so simple. <laughs> we, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. But I think, man, if we could really live into those two words, everything would change. Absolutely everything would change. Well, as we close, Christy, I would just love to have you pray over the girls that are listening today. Yeah, I would love to. Heavenly Father, for those who have been listening to our conversation and you know the hearts that you've stirred, you know the spaces where we lack the time or the energy or the effort or the confidence to step into your word, to come to you, whatever that looks like. Whoever that sister is who's listening today and you have spoken something to her heart, Lord God, we pray for her. We pray that she would find you and your word that she would find you even in the situations that seem like, okay, we're in January, 2021, Lord, these, these situations, they seem uncertain. We found some shaky ground that we're standing on. And we just pray for those sisters who are out there for encouragement, for peace. We pray for this opening of the schedule, (laughs) the opening of our hearts, the opening of clenched fist on the things that we have been holding onto Mm -hmm. so tight, Lord God, please help us to open our hands, to trust you, to surrender, and to fully give ourselves over to obeying you wherever you send us, whatever you say, and whatever you call us to. That sister who's listening right now, and your heart your heart is stirred, and maybe your eyes are tearing, and maybe you even just have to pause right where you are and you're listening today. Lord God, we pray for her, and we pray that she would find you that she would obey, she would find your peace and your trust, and that she would find she can walk with you with the posture and the confidence Mm. that you are right there with her. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name who saves. Amen. Don't you love Christy's passion for words? (laughs) I think it's so cool that she's an author, but also a Bible study girl. I love how those two passions have come together. Be sure to stop by the show notes where you'll find links to Christy's website, the new Bible, as well as her novels. And you can also sign up for a verse mapping template so you can try the technique for yourself. You guys, something powerful happens when we study the Bible on a deeper level. It becomes more than just God's word. It becomes God's word personally to us. 
And Ephesians 5.26 says that when we read the Word of God like that, there is a washing that takes place that literally changes us from the inside out as the Holy Spirit helps us apply the truth to our lives so that you and I can live in love and lead like Jesus. See you next time, my friend.